With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello and welcome to the Daily Red, the new short-form podcast from Anfield Index, where we're going to discuss the latest news in the world of Liverpool FC. Let's get started with James Pearce, a new article this morning on The Athletic. Will Mohamed Salah sign a new contract? Discussions underway and signs are promising. It's a look at his situation. Now, reading the article, it does seem like it swings more towards an opinion piece from Pearce as opposed to a factual piece based on any real sourcing. He does mention senior sources, but as we know, we don't know who those are. We don't know what level of sources he's talking about. Is he talking about someone who's high-ranking or someone who's been there a long time? Pierce says that Salah is one of the best players in the world and the club are aware that he will want to be paid as such. He says the club are aware of that. Then he goes on to say Liverpool won't break their wage structure. But it can't be both, unfortunately, James, because to pay Mo like one of the best players in the world will break the wage structure of Liverpool. That is just a simple fact. Uh, also mentioned in the piece are the talks have started with representatives of Sadio Mane, Sadio Mane and Andy Robertson and that Jordan Henderson has an agreement in principle after the club improved their initial offer where they you know they offered him a bit more money. Um it's weird, though, we're now Thursday, nothing further has come out. It's just the same line, that there's an agreement in principle. You would have thought that three days would have been enough to close off those negotiations if they were as as close as uh, was indicated on Monday. It may be that they wait till Friday and you get that, that good Friday feeling or whatever to announce it, but still nothing further on Henderson but good to hear that Mane and Robertson are both in talks now. You'd imagine that as part of the Mane talks, there will be some talks around Naby Keita, who has the same agent. Andy Robertson, I think we'll see it'll be a short-term extension, like an extra year. At the moment, he's contracted until 2024. He then has a one-year option. The club has have a one-year option till 2025. So they might pick up that option and then add, a, add an extra year to get him to 2026. I think that would be about right. Robbo would be 32 then when that contract comes to an end. I think that's about where you want to be with him. The Sadio one, I wonder how much last season will factor into negotiations. Obviously, the worst season of Sadio's time at Liverpool, but he has spoken about it at, you know, at length. It does appear like it was potentially long COVID that he was suffering from, having caught it. In October, he then struggled, but he did kick on a little bit at the end of the year. And if we think back to Trent's season as well, Trent caught COVID in pre-season, really struggled through the first half of the season. But by January, February, he was a bit more back to normal. And by the end of the season, he was really flying. So it may well be that that's the case with Sadio as well. So good to hear that there's talks over him and Robbo. Good to hear that the Mo talks are, are going well. Seems to be the the overreaching tone of it. Um, at the moment, he is on about 200 grand a week. It would be 180 to 200 grand a week 
that runs till the end of the next season, 2023. And the club seemed to be looking for him to commit a further two years. Now, with the way Salah looks after himself, with the way he plays, you do feel like he can alter his game as he ages, as his pace decreases a little bit. Maybe he moves more centrally. So they may even look to get him till 2026, which you know would be huge for us. Salah's goal record for Liverpool is absurd. 133 minutes. One goal every 133 minutes since joining. He's 12th in the club's all-time list of scorers, but first in goals per minute. Uh, you look at Rush as number one. He's got a goal every 164 minutes. Roger Hunt every 154. Hodgson and Little, 141. Gerrard, 310. But as a midfielder, that's more than understandable. Fowler, 153. Dog Leash, 260. Michael Owen, 148. Chambers, 202. Raybould, 146. And Parkinson, 154. You'd imagine that Mo will pass quite a few of them. If he sticks around long enough, Mo may well pass everybody bar Hunt and Rush. That's how special he is. He's five goals away from Didier Drogba's Premier League total in 100 games less or over 100 games less. He's got the same amount of goals as Cristiano Ronaldo, but he's played 100 games less. Mo's return on investment has been incredible. He is one of the all-time great Premier League bargains. If we had made a decision to sell Mo last summer off the back of winning the Premier League, say that say COVID hadn't happened, we win the Premier League and we want to sell a 28-year-old Mo Salah, I think you're talking 150, 180 million, somewhere in that ballpark. You're talking Mbappe kind of money. He is that special. He's that level of player. When Yesterday went through the list of the highest paid players in the world. And when you look at how Mo has performed compared to them, he's absolutely been one of the top five, six players in the world for four years now. It's incredible consistency. And with him and Virgil, that's what we need to keep together. We've got Alisson locked down. We've got Virgil. We've got Fab. Now Mo is the last piece, and then that's your spine taken care of. We've got Trent locked down. It sounds like they want to get Robbo locked down. Sadio, Thiago's on a new a newish deal only signed last season, so he's up for a few more years. This Liverpool team, the heart of it, the the foundations of it, is going to be there for a long time. It's very, very positive for us as a club. First time we could really say that in the last 30 years, where there wasn't massive holes in the team. There's some issues with the squad, we know that, but there's no massive holes in the first team. And there's no first-team player that's important to us banging on the door and saying, I want to leave. You know, we went through it with McManaman, we went through it with Owen, with Torres, with Alonso, Mascherano, Suarez, Coutinho. All of these guys want to be here. Now, that's a testament, of course, to Jurgen Klopp, but also a testament to the club and the atmosphere that's been created at the club and the way the club treat their players. I do think we've seen great growth from Liverpool in terms of how they look after their players. Um, nothing much from Neil Jones. And an article on goal about the front four and looking at how Klopp could mix and match them 
across the season. I think the ideal way would be to add a fifth guy who could play on a regular basis, and then maybe you have Tacky as the sixth. You get proper rotation, proper depth. Paul Gorst uh, doesn't have much of anything at all, but Ian Doyle from the Echo has a piece about the end of the transfer window, the type of business Liverpool are looking to get done. So we know that they want to sell Shaq. We know that Nat Phillips is available for sale and potentially any incomings. The Shaq thing is interesting because all the talk from France is that the deal is done. It's literally just Leon have to up their price a little bit. I don't think it's going to take a massive bid to get Shaq, but personal terms all seem to be agreed. Everything from their end seems to be done. It's just a little bit of haggling between them and Liverpool. They are, of course, waiting for a sale to go through themselves, Maxwell Cornet. If that goes through, I think they, they pony up the money and, and Shaq heads off to Leon. It's a weird fit at Leon. It, it's an odd move for him. And it's an odd move for them. But best of luck to him anyway. Nat, we know that there's been interest. I wonder if we'll see Southampton come knocking now that they've sold Vestergaard. They could do it a, a depth centre-back. And Nat might fit well there, you know. So that could be an interesting one to keep an eye on. It's also been linked to Burnley, to Brighton. But I don't think there's any real... Interest from Burnley at this point because they signed Nathan Collins. Brighton, if they stick with a back four, you could see Nat going there as a depth centre-back, of course. Um, There have been other clubs linked, but all of it seems to have gone a little bit quiet at the moment. Hopefully something ramps up over the next couple of weeks and we can get him sold and on his way to having a career um, at a club maybe more matching his his level. Um, Jurgen Klopp did a sit-down with the LFC LGBT uh, group uh, to discuss the incident of homophobic chanting at Norwich, the the chants that were aimed at Billy Gilmore. Uh, The pair discussed the impact of such chants on LGBT plus supporters and why they should not occur and the importance of, um, you know, being inclusive. And it's actually fascinating. It's a really good watch. I would recommend that everybody go and give it a watch. It's on the, the Liverpool Twitter feed. You'll find it there. Uh, well worth watching. And it just might educate a couple of people. It might just give people more of an insight into why it's not acceptable. I also would suggest people go and just look up the history of the chant and why it began and the very nature of it. And, and what that the connotations of that chant. A lot of people will look at it as oh, it's just something we say to Chelsea. That's fine. But how do you react when a Chelsea fan or a United fan or even an Everton fan calls Liverpool fans murderers or anything like that? You know, you've you've really got to dig deep into these things and begin to understand why they're offensive and why we can't, in this day and age, allow anybody around us to partake in that. Moving on then to the usual websites, Liverpool have announced a new partnership with Think Markets. Think Markets are going to be the new global online trading broker for the club. Uh, where's the Think Markets money, John? Um, obviously, no mention of, of the terms of the deal, but you know they, they seem to be a big club. Offices in London, Melbourne, Dubai, and Tokyo, along with hubs in the Asia-Pacific region, Europe, and South Africa. Think Markets will work with the club to bring quick and easy access to a wide range of financial trading markets to Liverpool supporters 
across the world. The global partnership will bring focus on bringing forward market access and game-changing technology, providing think markets with a high-profile opportunity to promote its brand, as well as its multi-asset trading products and innovative platforms. So, you know, the more partnerships, the better. The more commercial deals, the better. You look at United, they announce a new commercial partner at least seven or eight times a year. And we need to be doing similar. There is no limit on the commercial opportunities of this club. The growth that is possible, we can't even comprehend. And you look at clubs like United and Bayern Munich and you see how they have marketed themselves and the partnerships they've done. That's really where we need to be aiming to get to. If we want to compete financially with clubs like Chelsea, with clubs like City, we know that the owners aren't going aren't to do that. But our way of doing it is to grow the commercial side of the club. That's how United do it. The Glazers don't put any money in. The Glazers are dreadful owners. But United make so much money commercially that they can afford to go and splurge 70-odd million on Jaden Sancho, 80 million on Maguire a couple of years ago, 90 million on Pogba, 90 million on Romelu Lukaku, etc., etc. For us, that's what we need to be doing as well. We need to grow the commercial side. We're a little bit behind the eight ball because we were late getting started on this. We were very poor in our commercial dealings through the 90s, through the 2000s. And even in the early days of FSG, it wasn't great. So we're a long way behind. You look at United, they really took off in the mid-90s with the, the whole marketing strategy in Asia centered around Beckham. That's where we need to go. You know, We need to start marketing ourselves globally and getting ourselves into the eyeballs of every person on the planet. Uh, Liverpool.com have a couple of pieces. One about Salah's contract and how it will break new ground for the club. Uh, and a piece on how Liverpool can snare Kylian Mbappe via NBA example, outsmarting Real Madrid and Manchester United. I'm not even going to bother reading it, but um, it is there if you want to have a look. I, I think we all need to just put the Mbappe stuff away in the same box as the Haaland stuff, lock it up nice and tight, and then just volley it into the sea because it, it's not happening. Uh, this is Anfield. Have a an article with photographs of Anfield uh, for the new season, including the rail seating that's been installed. Well worth a look. Uh, Joanna Durkin's been down, and I don't know if she's taken the pictures, but she's put the article together, which is nice. Um, 96 Avenue at Anfield has officially been re renamed the 97 Avenue this morning in memory of Andrew Devine. I think that is. That's tremendous. Um, it's really good that Andrew is, is being recognised as the 97 victim because in many ways he could have been forgotten, but that's not what this club and this fan base is about. We don't forget our own. So I'm, I'm really happy to see that. I think that is a great move. On Anfield Index, we have a couple of new articles. We have a really good one from Sam Maguire. It's always good when it's from Sam. Uh, Diogo Jota, is he ready to replace Roberto Firmino? Really good look, uh, not to plug things that aren't our own, but do check out Sam's Patreon. It's very, very good, well worth the the five quid a month. Um, really good in-depth articles on there. And a really good piece from Stephen Smith explaining why 
the Ben Woodburn or the Ben Woodburn, the Ben Davies loan is a good move for the club, why it makes sense and what it can mean for him in the short and long term. We have a couple of new podcasts that I want to make you aware of. There's a new rival recon, Harry Setti, uh, looking at Burnley with a guest. And there is a Legends Lowdown with Trev Downey and Jason McAteer, which was recorded this morning and will be out, I think, later on today. Uh, that'll be well worth a listen. No more be on the spot this week. It's out now. Guy Drinkle is informing me out as we speak. Um, no Jan Mulby this week. He is tied up with other things. So Jason McAteer in for Legends Lowdown with Trev Downey. That will be an absolute belter. McAteer is always good value. And who's better to listen to than Trev? And that's it. That is our show for today. Just a quick hit, as always. Take care of yourselves and we'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye. Sports Social Podcast Network.